Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also, by you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Today, we are talking about distilling, which for legal reasons, we can't say that you should distill anything alcoholic. Distill all the water you want, but don't take anything you learn here and start trying to figure out how to do it yourself. And don't send us mason jars with your results. You can't email us to find out our addresses to mail them. We legally can't accept them, even to have a drink. Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hey guys. Hi. Hey, <laughs> How's everybody doing? A little, uh, a little rough. A little rough today. Why are you doing a little rough? Drinking for like eight hours straight. It'll do that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so we had a he had another beer release this morning. I had a couple releases that I made it to actually. I slept. The life of a college kid. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> I miss God, remember, remember when our livers were young and able to handle that? Uh. <laughs> oh. My liver was able to handle quite a few great things today. Uh, I got to have the 2017 and 2013 strawberry rhubarb from New Glarus. Oh, yeah. The, what, you said people from Wisconsin were yeah, there. Yeah, a big group of people from Wisconsin came down. He was like, no. He's like, we make it a point every... I think they said every six months they come and that like they had a whole big network of people they traded with like they had the back of a minivan full how of was, beer. I was about to ask you like how did you get New Glarus and how come I never get it? Well, because they weren't trading me anything. They had their their sources for beer in this area that they were trading with. Gotcha. And they just that's okay. Stuff to I'll home. be there Wednesday, so no worries. Uh-huh. We'll we'll get that brought back this direction for sure. Oh, okay. Packing an entire suitcase just for beer. I thought you look, we got you have to be very careful with that. <laughs> you don't you do not want your uh, your sour beers to explode in flight. You don't want a beer <laughs> no, that's a es- essentially got an entire liquefied peach in it to uh, com- just explode mid flight and then everything in the whole bag just smells like that permanently. You you will you will notice that as it comes up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, what was the what was the release? Was it anything? Oh, uh, it was just uh, actually it was all over the place. Uh, blueberry Berliner Weiss, a New England, and uh, barrel aged barley wine. Ooh. So we were running the gamut today. Nice. All good stuff. Uh, what have you guys been up to? 
not a whole lot on my end. It's been it's been another of those those weeks where I'm not able to to get out. Hmm. Uh, I have I have only the liquor I have stockpiled in the apartment, and thankfully that's enough to survive at least. I say whatever couple. shall you do after the last few episodes. I'd imagine you're you're probably fine. You know you're <laughs> you're good after all the liquor episodes. I feel like we've done just a bunch of liquor lately. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh no! I know. I'm just I, I have some. I have some leftover uh, uh, impulse buys. We'll say uh, liquor wise, and hmm. and uh, it's it's what we're talking about later in the show. So it it seemed appropriate for distilling that I drink something a little harder. On the impulse thing, like the the so the update is that we still haven't found any Jane Walker. If anybody else has, send us a picture. But we have not gotten any of it yet. So. Yeah. You may not have found Jane Walker on Impulse, but on an Impulse, I did pay overpriced pricing, probably, for a bottle of Widow Jane. Oh. We'll see. I say, I believe uh, Discord confirmed that, yes, that was an overpriced. Yeah. May have been a bit overpri- uh, overpriced. Also, someone may have certain discounts that... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I looked back on the... Uh, I looked back on the distribution site after i picked it up though and there's no there's like six places in kentucky that it's listed that you can even get it so oh well i feel i feel like i would have paid that much in gas probably to get to where i needed to well yeah but potentially to get it so <laughs> i don't know you got widow jane that'll get you to wherever you need to go <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as i remember uh oh. from from going out though i was, I, was surprised. Yeah, I don't i don't know if i've actually ever had it I, so I you know maybe haven't. maybe when i'm in next time we'll, we'll share for sure mm. yeah um, see what this uh new york I have, I have bourbon's like all about vacation time coming up sometime soon so maybe this will be, be awesome fun. all right guys uh i think we have some announcements yeah um so standard stuff here so uh our next episode is going to be on saint patrick's day Woo! uh saturday march wow. 17th <laughs> yeah uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, live here on Twitch, uh, covering, wouldn't you know it, Irish beer. Planned. This one was planned, actually. Yeah. Like, was it? Because I completely out. forgot about it. <laughs> I had to look it up and was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, again, what started all the hilarious, weird instances on the show was when we did we covered Guinness on St. Patrick's Day, the first year of the show. And there was like, did was this planned? And everyone's like, no, we, we just like threw a bunch of stuff out there and it just came up in the order this way. And it's like, huh? <laughs> All right. Threw a bunch of stuff out there is basically the, this show's family crest <laughs> with duct tape around the, the seal <laughs> duct tape and chicken wire. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've, and we've, we've, it's crazy to me because we've gotten to the point, like after the Irish episode, like we we're going to have to start getting all like more topics planned out for the next several weeks too. Like, Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we're, we're we've through these. been doing this for for a couple of years now, so now we're have like getting more granular. And, oh yeah, which is great, but it's also like, wow, we <laughs> covered a lot. Oh yeah, ground has been covered. Yes. Well, and, and and thanks to the distilleries and things like that, like we we got a, a bit more that we can still do, so we're good. You know, <laughs> we we, sh- we need to do a soft drink episode just to give us a week off. <laughs> well, we still have tea and coffee and hot cocoa and things like that coming up, so you know. <laughs> hot cocoa is the only one of those that i'm kind of like oh, okay sure <laughs> well thanks to things like patreon.com uh oh. we've been able to expand with a new new show and yes. yeah every the word you all have us really working it here every week now on shows two shows a week mm-hmm. 
Which, the, the news show has its very own feed, in case you, have, you haven't gotten on that uh, train just yet. Look for Have a Drink News, your podcatcher of choice, and we're live with it every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, there is that, and yes, that is completely because of our patrons. Um, finally, we want to mention that um, we joined the, Gi- the Diamond Club team this year for a year-round Extra Life campaign to support the Children's Miracle Network. Donate to our page and help us help the team reach the $10,000 goal. Visit bit.ly slash H-A-D extra life. Had extra life. All lowercase. Yeah, that's, uh, again, that's going to be the charity. And this is our big thing that we usually do in a, the 24-hour streamathon for New Year's Eve. And they decided, let's, let's shoot for a higher goal and do it all year long. So let's see if we can get, like, a real decent sum of money together throughout the year and we're going to start doing uh i believe ritual misery is putting together some streamathons like mid-year stuff so yeah, i think so be on, the, be on the lookout for that yeah they're really heading all this up yeah i've just everyone. finally caught up enough of my pot on some other shows like okay now i can start catching up on ritual misery so I'm like is this a plan <laughs> like I'm, I'm partway through another one i haven't got to the end of the episode where they talk more things so let's let's find out <laughs> uh, you can. Oh, there's a lot of that stuff in the uh, Discord. Oh, yeah. In the their Di- Discord. Yeah. In their Discord, yeah. In their Discord. The Diamond Club true. Discord. <laughs> Sorry, my, my, my Discord's runneth over anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <they're>... It's <laughs> no joke. It's it's great, though. Like, I. I we can talk about this in post show. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> All right. Why don't we go ahead and jump into some news? <laughs> All right. Uh, story here today. And this is. I don't know. This one kind of chafed me. So, BrewDog's Pink Beer for Girls is being criticized as a marketing stunt. BrewDog's launch of a Pink Beer for Girls, ostensibly to raise awareness about gender pay inequality and uh, sexist advertising, has come in from criticism uh, from cynical marketing stunt. The independent craft brewer has launched a new Pink IPA, uh, in reality a repackaging of its flagship Punk IPA, with a pledge to sell uh, sell it a fifth cheaper in its bars to those who identify as women, the discount is aimed to reflect the 18.1% average gender pay gap between men and women in the UK. The fact that the gender pay gap is still an issue in 2018 shows that a lot of lip service is being paid, but not enough action is being taken to tackle inequality, said the BrewDog Global Head of Marketing, uh, Sarah Warman. Uh, with Pink IPA, we are making a statement the only way we know how with beer. The love of beer is not gendered. Beer is universal. Beer is for everyone. BrewDog has disclosed a 2.8% median gender pay gap in favor of men across its global business, which employs 1,000 people. It is yet to file uh, its official figure for the UK, where most staff are employed. Hmm. So we were talking uh, yesterday a little bit about this one. And it came up that, you know, the figures are hard to really nail down exactly what it is. But the point they're getting is it's still a thing. And they're like, yeah, look at our company. It's like this is even a thing in our company. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the median pay gap numbers just because if you if you look at the way it's kind of skewed, it's looking at the middle out of all the what's the middle of of one gender pay versus another. And so some really high end pay checks can skew that number right quite a bit yeah and it uh what was really the stink about this whole thing is 
a lot of a lot of brewers were doing things like this uh, for International Women's Day and for the month of March, and it's people took brew dogs. You know, it is a marketing bit, but they took. You guys want to say like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it it's a marketing thing. But like, nobody, it's like at first people just grabbed the headline that they didn't, they brew didn't dog. Read what it was. Yeah, they just saw brew dog yeah. makes pink IPA for <laughs> women, and then it seems sexist. And as hell. yeah, and everyone <laughs> blogs everywhere blew up with, and everyone just read the title and ran with it and got mad. They're like, oh, they're a bunch of sexist men over Brewdog, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're terrible. And blah. And it was like, well, no one bothered to actually click the link and read, oh, yeah, what they're doing is they're taking 20% of all sales of the pink IPA, which is repackaged. It's the, same, it's the punk IPA repackaged just to show, hey, men and women, it's the same thing on the inside with a different packaging. But that's all that's saying. And they're taking 20% uh, of all proceeds from those two beers from the month of March, and it's going towards women's charities and causes. And then they, people just blew the hell up without actually reading about that, and that really chafed me. I mean, so many blogs where people even have started, instead of issuing apologies or just, you know, going, oh, my bad, and taking down articles, they're just doubling down on being mad. <laughs> yeah, um, I would recommend watching the video that BrewDog put out for it. I want to say it's on their Facebook or their Twitter, somewhere like that. It's on like all that. their social media. Yeah, um, they, they better explain it there um, as to why they're doing what they're doing and what it means. Um, I, I think it, I think the video was well done. I will say, like, it is difficult to to convey, I guess, like, the whole message they wanted to do yeah. in a in a tweet, which yeah. is where yeah, yeah. this, this kind of, like, started out. And so, you know, when you're, when you're looking at that, just at the first thing of it, you're like, oh, so they're being, you know, whatever, and and they weren't. the The intention was to 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 say, hey, we're trying to bring awareness to this problem, not not to make some kind of thing. But it's it difficult to please everyone, I guess. Oh yeah. So you know they. <laughs> I I I would have probably made a a similar mistake. Oh, I did. I guess. I definitely and, did. I saw. Yeah. Oh, they made a pink beer. Are you freaking serious? And then because oh, because I fed it. I get it. Okay. Yeah, when I showed her, I fed fed it to her the way a lot of people took it at face value, based on like here's a picture of their new pink beer for girls, and then you just leave it at that, and people get offended, and then it's like, but the story is. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, I would have made Brew Dog's mistake. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. Put something out that says like, hey, see, this is a this is a joke, and I go. Not, not actually taken in the way I. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but y- you know, it, it, the internet is hard. <laughs> well, to give people yes. a slight break in jumping to a conclusion, it is Brewdog. They are known for I don't know packaging a beer inside of taxidermied animals and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of do some weird you know, macho, off-the-wall things. So it it's not really, you know, out of the realm of possibility for something really sexist like that to come out from them. But it was very, I don't know, because <laughs> expecting that and then having it come through and they're actually being kind of true to the cause. Yeah. And it was like, hmm, okay, like that's... <laughs> and again, yes, it is all marketing. I see Casey sitting there and it's just... Oh, no, no. <laughs> That that wasn't no. It was it, just because they're they are putting beer in taxidermied animals doesn't mean that 
they would do anything. You know, I still think they have morals and values and, and yeah. you know, taxes or putting stuff in a beer up a, a dead <laughs> squirrel doesn't dead, necessarily uh, yeah. make you a bad person. Squirrel is going to be dead anyway. Yeah. It was roadkill after all. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, and, and regardless of what the actual numbers are, there is a gender pay gap. And and the point is, they're trying to not only they're trying to highlight this and say, I mean, honestly, you can almost do the same thing for like um, LGBTQ equality. Like, it, it, like, hey, this is our the same thing, but in a different package. We're saying there's no difference, guys. <laughs> it's just in a different pa- like. So I, I get the messaging is still is good once you learn what that messaging is, and I think they're doing a very good thing. And you know, just like other. Uh, brands are for the month of March for Women's Month. They're donating money to women's causes, which is great. So, yay for them and and their efforts. Um, I kind of want to buy a bottle just because, even though it's still just a regular IPA, but like you know, because it donates money. I mean, it's still. It, I think it's a nice thing. Um, and you know, like even though this was this isn't a bad thing, it was misconstrued as a bad thing. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, in 2018, I don't think anybody's beaten Arrogant Bastard on the bad thing thing. <laughs> they're so they're kind of winning that one, yeah. They've hit the, you know, they've set the bar, so we're still good. <laughs> also, the the outrage actually brought more attention to this than what the, just the packaging change would have. Right, sure. right. So this has been actually a really great thing for them because it probably would have just, That's true. it would have been completely under my radar and I wouldn't have paid any attention to it until the outrage and now i know and i'm like oh i want to go get a pack of punk ipa i, I well, also would i also will say still kind of want to go to their hotel yeah well they just broke oh, ground yeah. so uh i, I would know, like to go done. to the place that, that they put in finland <laughs> just saying <laughs> i can't uh, afford that <laughs> one day if i could Bob. fault them and applaud them at the same time. Yeah, it you would do be that. the fact that they were selling the blue punk IPA at the regular price and the pink punk or the pink IPA at a lower price, but just to those people that identify as women, which is great in the fact that you have just created <laughs> a ladies' night. For a social cause. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that also means they, they take a double hit on those. So 20% is already going to charity, and then it's already 20% off for the ladies. we got to so, find some of that shit, then. <laughs> that's at one of their, phrase, like, that's has to be at their establishment. Mm. Yes. So if you're a woman and go there, that's like you're getting that beer for 40% off. They are taking a 40% hit on the price. <laughs> and I, I have to applaud whoever did the wording, like this, this I guess, press release, I assume. Uh, those who identify as women. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. good job. Good job there. <laughs> I could have gone, a whole conversation yeah. about, about that uh, a different day, but... But that's not about beer. Yes. It's not. You know what has to do with beer? Untapped. A lot. Get riggedy, riggedy, I was like, crap, where's the sound? And <laughs> this episode may, this episode may do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first up in our untapped section. Nope. Nitro Stout. America's Stout. Mm. 
Sure. <laughs> Real American know. drunk guy. Uh, <laughs> smooth, dark, and delicious. Milk Nitro Stout from Left Hand Brewing will change your perception about what a stout can be. Whether you pour hard or enjoy it directly from the can, mm-hmm. thanks to the widget technology within. <laughs> wow, this is very much Guinness. Yeah. Um, there's no denying this 6% beauty uh, is Americans is America's stout. With St. Patrick's Day approaching, there's no better time to raise a pint of Milk Stout Nitro. Do so, and you can be rewarded. Check into one Milk Stout Nitro from Left Hand Brewing Company during the month of March to earn America's Stout 2018 badge. This is very confusing to me. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, oh yeah, let's let's do something that is. I'm not saying is trying to copy Guinness, but there's a widget in there. Nitro stouts. Yeah. I mean, it's nitro a... stout. They they did it. Uh, but it's also like it's America's stuff. St. Patrick's Day is the idea of celebrating Irish heritage. Irish heritage. <laughs> um, but y- you know, sure. I also, uh, on the third hand, uh, <laughs> I I really like, you know, left hands nitro milk stout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing. So, you know, it's neat, and I'll probably try to get the badge uh, next time I run out to the to the liquor store because. Uh, I could always do with a little bit of nitro. I'm just looking at that can, though, going, yeah. Yeah, I need that. Well, it, it, it reminds me of that, that gif of Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers, where he's like, I'm literally grasping at straws for like for what they're doing with this badge here. Okay. Well, let's hear the other side of it. So speaking of Guinness. Speaking um, of Guinness. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day from Guinness. Oh, that was the cat, wasn't it? That was the cat jumping from the bed to the, nice. to the desk. To the heart. Is it cat jumping? The little the one at that. Oh, oh, the cute one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the naked one. The ha- Where's yeah. the sweater? The half-naked cat. Uh, so, with St. Patrick's Day just around the corner, it's time to don a foamy mustache with enjoying a perfectly poured Guinness. This month, Guinness reigns supreme, and we're ready to celebrate with a brand new badge. Check into one Guinness draft between March 12th and March 18th. Time's running out, kids. And you'll earn the Happy St. Patrick's Day from Guinness badge. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been a while since I've had a, a, an, an actual, actual Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. Not... We bought one just to... <laughs> just because. Yeah. St. Patrick's so Day, I gotta kinda, have my I yearly Guinness. I kind of want to grab some. Just to... It's like, all right, well, let's... Well, at least uh, you can, it's usually something you can find in singles nowadays, too. So. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm just curious as to to how my appreciation of it has changed over mm. the years because it was my go-to beer. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. You know, anytime I wanted to drink, I would grab a Guinness. I'm uh, still so. I still like the flavor, but I I've since gone so far out of nitros, like it's just not my thing. So that's because that's what pushes you, me back. Because you've lost your way, Brittany. Don't worry. <laughs> We'll, I like we'll get bubbles. you back on the true path. But... I, I like that. No, uh, Guinness, they threw down the gauntlets in this one. Like, this month, Guinness reigns supreme. They do, They're though. just like, it no. Out. They're like, F off, left hand. This is us. This is our month. Yeah. This, this is our month. Look, we, we this is our Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, 
Chris, I have downstairs your beer to help you get this next badge. Because North Carolina Beer Month is coming. Beer month? They get a month? Yes, they get an entire month. (laughs) Whatever. Man, I don't even get a day, so I don't want to hear it. We don't get anything. (laughs) So... No badges for you. April is North Carolina Beer Month, but with so many amazing breweries, we've decided to get started early. Yes, April. Whatever. Uh, The Tar Heel State boasts over 250 breweries from the mountains to the coasts. Majesties, I don't know. Uh, Ranging from a long-time award-winning brewers to newcomers hoping to make a name for themselves, no matter what you enjoy, you're sure to find the perfect North Carolina beer for you. Join the celebration of North Carolina Beer Month by earning a badge from uh, Untapped. All you have to do is drink beer. Easy, right? Except those beers have to be from North Carolina. You can check into one North Carolina beer or from a brewery listed below. Uh, there are a lot. It's an Between list. March 9th and March 31st to unlock the North Carolina Beer Month is coming 2018. So there, there, there there's a thing that was said in this that... Uh, it's a joke primarily for for uh, Casey and uh, uh, Chris and uh, and another friend of ours who is not in the chat, so he may not hear it. So that's where the Tar Heels are from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. I have been it wondering is. about that since we did a play a number of years ago. I don't follow sports. I'm sorry. Like the yep. best I do is is British Premier League soccer because. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I am. There is a brewery called Ass Clown Brewing. How about Pig, oh, yeah. how about pig Pounder? This is amazing. I, I think that's yep. another euphemism that should have been on that list. <laughs> yeah. Um, just um, go ahead and switch over there, Chris. I think you can probably add that. Yeah. Uh, blo- blowing Rock could possibly be on your list as well. <laughs> Yeah, and burial, yeah. <laughs> of course, is on there, so yes. uh, you should be able to. As soon as I get up there, you should be able to check in on that one. Um, and then easy some... one, easy one to get this badge for, at least around here, Highlands. Oh yeah, uh, Highlands, ah. and now. Uh, oh, uh, and um, Highwire. New oh. Belgium is on this list. Oh, that's okay. true. They do count now. Yeah. Highwire yeah, is now distributing. That's what I was wondering. I was like scrolling down there quickly, going. Are they there? Are hey. they there? New Belgium Brewing is there. Well, what about? Who I'm wondering. Sierra Nevada. No. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But no. You know Sierra who Nevada isn't is on the list? Who? Oh, uh, uh, Wicked Weed. weed. Uh. Shade. <laughs> <laughs> Shade. Because yep. it's craft beer month. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Craft okay. beer. There you go. But so uh, that, okay, so we could all get this badge, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fine. Every, yeah, like, despite it being North Carolina, you know, beer month. Raise up. Take your shirt off. <laughs> I got that song in my head, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a Nelly song uh, from, like, okay, back sure. in the day. PD Pop? Hmm? Okay. Oh, I'm missing this reference. Really? We'll yeah, no. I got to look for the song now. Sorry. Well, not yeah. right now, but. All right. Um. Well, uh, we'd like to take this time to thank our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash show for supporting this podcast. Yeah, guys, uh, we are $15 away from our next that, goal, which which is that what? That can't be right. No, no, that's completely accurate. And uh, what what would be our next goal? It'd be a merchandise store so we can get merchandise. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Have a drink the coloring book. Have a drink 
the lunchbox. Have a drink, the flamethrower. <laughs> we have actually tested the logo out on... Uh, flamethrower? Yes. No. We got with Elon Musk. It's going on the flamethrowers. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, have a drink! <laughs> Have a drink. It's this Brian. Is the proof you need to drink. That's when we get Brian Brushwood and do the the like blowing the flames with the alcohol. Um, uh, the history of resistance to fire. Is old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So I've been testing the logo out a bit on uh, t-shirts and coffee mugs. Uh, they also have like iPhone cases and such. So mm. things to consider. Um, it looks it looks yeah. pretty good on some stuff. And then our our ultimate hope at some point is to have a nice. Uh, I want a Delatters shirt. Like a Delatters brewery shirt. This, this is a special, like, secret that you have to release just just to the merchandise. Well, Don't it's a do. hope. It's a hope. But I, I, we'll we'll leave it at that then. But there there will be some some things for maybe Delatters at some point. I don't know. So yeah, uh, if you're on the fence about, you're like, I don't know if I want to give them money. Well, <laughs> these are things you you can come back to you. Also, you're getting extra episodes, and you can have uh, your say in even what we're doing on here. So our last episode. Yes was uh, a submission in the Discord. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I believe uh, Tyler suggested that one. Yeah, I think so. By giving uh, us money, you can have the opportunity to give us more money. <laughs> I say, by giving us money, well, uh, you can tell us what you want. <laughs> it's, it's, there it, we go. That's more appropriate. Yeah, that's true. You can tell us what merchandise you're looking for. Plus, I'm sure you know the patrons at some point will, will make sure you guys get something for, the, like, aside from your special episodes. We're, we've still got to <laughs> get stickers at some point uh new stickers for the new logo and that kind of thing so actually not even asking like i just want like 15 people giving one dollar yeah <laughs> that's fine yeah or three people giving five dollars yeah then we're there <laughs> like we're, we're we're just saying we are that close to that when you guys blew through the first goal we had immediately in 24 hours which was nuts and oh, we're man. that close to that one and then coming up we'll have to announce that you may have noticed uh that the hangout didn't actually happen because it ended up being a garbage day for everyone. Yeah. So we're not, not us. We're fine, but we decided we wanted people to listen to us. <laughs> but so, it, it turns out that well, we're not good at people planning. People listen too. There's <laughs> so no one yeah. To hang out with. Um. So we'll. Have It'll to, be in April, definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be in April, and we get a date. Uh, it out. We'll figure out a date, and we'll get with everybody in Discord to uh, work that one out, so we can do another one. And everyone, we have some business to discuss in said meeting, so. Get in there if you want to be on it. Business. Business. It's business time. Let's get on to that topic. Been on that truck. Seeking bastards. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. Been on that truck. All of us are drinking this is, beer or uh, liquor. This is, this is number two. Oh. This uh, is going to end poorly. Here, I'm, I'm showing off my, my drink and my um, frightening Lisa Frank nails. <laughs> All right, so we are talking about distillation today. Mm. Uh, so, you know, look out, the revenuers are coming. <laughs> uh, after, no. after my Google searches, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, serious distillation uh, was thought at one time only to date back a couple of centuries B.C., uh, but distillation uh, is a general science term, and uh, it means to separate components from uh, a liquid mixture by selectively boiling uh, and condensing the substance, substances. Uh, it can uh, be used to separate various components, 
uh, with different boiling points to allow distillers to get uh, pure or near pure substances. Uh, old archaeological evidence uh, of distilling comes from around 3000 BC hmm. in current day Pakistan. Uh, is where the oldest one is, where terracotta stills have been discovered. That's neat. I Ooh, like the yeah. idea of, you know what, China, you can keep your soldiers. Yeah. Stills. <laughs> Doing liquor. Uh, speaking of China, as early as uh, 1000 BC, uh, there was likely a rice and millet product uh, fermented into, I think I guess this, Chu? Bless you. <laughs> He was sitting on that one. He he knew it was coming. I'm pretty sure this is false, and he put that in there just to... Uh, anyway, Chu, and distilling it into uh, South Chu. Bless you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Japan was fermenting sake and distilling soju uh, in India and was probably producing a rice toddy uh, distilled into uh, Arak in uh, 800 B.C. I like the idea of a rice toddy. Yeah. Uh, It just sounds sounds fun. Uh, Prior to the stills used to separate alchemical components, uh, the Greeks were using the concept of distillation to let water evaporate and uh, uh, condense uh, from seawater to make it drinkable. Uh, In in the 300s BC, uh, Aristotle wrote in uh, meteorology, Seawater can be made drinkable by vaporization. Other liquids behave in the same way. That said, Aristotle was wrong about almost everything. So, <laughs> you know, Euripides wrote uh, in the play the uh, the the Bacchae how female uh, followers of the god Dionysus would carry bronze stills and use uh, alcohol uh, potently mixed with sulfur, uh, potentially mixed with sulfur. Sorry, potently also probably could work too. Because it's like Mixed with sulfur and a ritual where spirits would be flamed over the initiates' head, uh, the heads of the initiates, uh, but they would not be burned. The actual showing that used uh, to show the presence of uh, of God and their true conversion. Uh, the practice was later used by Gnostic uh, Christian cults to give uh, a baptism by fire. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Pliny the Elder. Uh, show, uh, a Roman author and naval commander wrote in the natural history around uh, 77 to 79 AD about uh, many different beverages. He notes that water itself can be made into an intoxicant, he says. Oh, wondrous craft of, uh, of the vices. By some mode or other, it was discovered that water itself might uh, be made to inebriate. Probably showing that there was clear alcohol drinking like water. Mm. <laughs> uh Scientific uh, designs of stills uh, to make the process uh, uh, more efficient did not occur until uh, around the uh, B.C. A.D. changeover. Every, the same uh, jokes in everyone's head, right? Everyone just goes, yeah. ideas are, yeah. oh, you can't change your, you just got to go, a whole new bloody watch. <laughs> <laughs> A.D. Uh, then. But the art of distilling uh, likely developed independently in multiple regions of the world. The first iteration uh, of the di- of designing these new stills probably wasn't for alcohol, but was instead to get a more pure version of chemical components like sulfur, mercury, and arsenic, uh, uh, which were used by alchemists. Uh, By the first century AD, Alexandrian chemists uh, were using three or four different types of stills. 
Now, uh, the development of advanced stills uh, occurred in various areas, but most of them took on what is called uh, called now an alembic with a reservoir. I believe that's correct, right? Alembic. Alembic, sorry. Uh, still thinking of alcohol. Uh, the alembic uh, may, is made of three parts of a bowl of, or a cucurbit, sure, uh, which serves as the pot, uh, a head that collects the vapors and a spout that runs into a reservoir. Pretty sure this is like what I think of when I think of most uh, uh, chemistry yeah. things, the big yeah. thing, the little spout. Yeah. Uh, they are simply made and not very efficient compared to today's modern methods. Plans for this vessel were said to have been found in the temples, uh, Temple of Memphis in Egypt. Uh, the uh, tri, uh, let's give this a shot. Uh, this still consisted of three arms attached to a pot. It was like the Olympic, but had three reservoirs. It was likely invented by Mary the Jewess. It's a good name. Sure. <laughs> uh, from the first century AD. Sorry, it's just very very direct about that <laughs> no beating around the bush <laughs> um who was an early al- uh, alchemist but uh also comes from uh, gnostic uh christianity fame so you know she wasn't but yeah no they made sure that that stuff stopped um <laughs> uh, persian practices uh practice distilling uh at the medis- uh, medical schools of jundi shapur this is how we're going to go with that, I think. I like that. Yep. Jundi Shapur. Uh, in the 6th century, uh, where they produced uh, herbal uh, tinctures and uh, rose water using the distillation process, those in the region used elaborate stills to produce uh, compounds that uh, thought to give one the gift of life, a type of alchemist stone. Uh, it did not. <laughs> not Turns out, yeah. Uh, in the 12th to 14th century... Uh, Cathar missionaries, a group of Gnostic revivalists, brought the art of uh, distilling to Italy. Uh, they also produced uh, practiced baptism by fire ritual. Evidence that this uh, was likely the time of uh, introduction of distilled beverages in Western Europe comes from the Salerno Medical School, located in southern Italy. Uh, it was around this time that there are works uh, from the school that mentioned distillation. Also, I would like to point out that this is... Uh, they were basically doing the trick that I used to do uh, during uh, chemistry class, where I would just pour alcohol over my hands and set them on fire and go. <laughs> <laughs> Very scientific. Very scientific. All right, so in the 13th century, uh, fractional distillation is mentioned by Tadeo Alderotti? Alderotti? Alderotti. A professor of medicine at the University of Bologna, the oldest continuously operating. I feel I had, like that's not right. I had to say it. The oldest continuously operating university in the world, located in northern Italy. Uh, the first book completely devoted to distilling comes from uh, 1500, when alchemist. Oh, this is a good one. Hieronymus. 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 Uh, Braunschweig published uh, Liber di Arte Dissolandi, uh, The Virtuous Book of Distillation, or The Book of the Art of Distillation. The book is focused on distillation of herbs to make medicines uh, to the profit, cure, and remedy of all manners of disease. The idea behind this text is that by using the waters 
or uh, distillate of the herbs, you can create better medicines than taking the herbs whole. It is written in the book. Uh, a spoonful of aquavita is recommended each morning to prevent illness. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one way to start the morning. And if a little... Best part of waking up. <laughs> Is alcohol in your cup? <laughs> I have the spoonful of sugar song in my head. That's now. more of where I was going. <laughs> and it's uh, a spoonful, spoonful of liquor, make a <laughs> medicine stay down. <laughs> Why not? And if a uh, little was given to a dying person, it was said he would speak before he died. Sure, he would. Yeah, he'd drop <laughs> give a little. Give more of that. <laughs> give him a little aquavit, and yeah. Why you been holding out? <laughs> Up until this... wait till I'm done or breakfast yeah. to give me this. Up until this point, most of the usage of distillation has been for religious or scientific purposes. Terracotta pot stills have been in use since at least 450 BC, but once the copper-based stills came along, the efficiency increased significantly. The necks of previous stills were not cooled, but with copper, the necks could be wrapped with copper tubing or cool water, uh, where with cool water. Uh, to be poured over. This helped to collect the vapor and let less escape. This is where distillation really received a boost. Distilling alcohol could be done much more efficiently and in larger volumes. And say like, oh yeah, early liquid cooling. Yeah. <laughs> the, in the 14th century, monasteries were first allowed to hose pot stills to make aquavit or water of life, an early name for distilled beverages. The early approach allowed the monks to gather herbs from around the monastery to flavor the drink for pleasure and medicinal purposes. This gave rise to the precursors of today's Benedictine and Chartreuse liquors. By 1387, there were suppliers to the public uh, in Italy for aquavit or vitae. I always see it and I'm like, aquavit. And I'm like, uh, there's an extra on there. Uh, and by the 15th century... German authorities were becoming concerned over the use of spirits. I wonder why. As they tend to do. In 1494, as we spoke about in the uh, Scotch episode, the Scottish tax documents called... Uh, oh, God. <sighs> exchequer. Yeah, exchequer rolls. Oh, okay. It looked more complicated than that, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, stated that eight bowls of malt were purchased by a friar to make aquavitae, showing that cereal grains were now used in Northern Europe to make distilled spirits. Early mm, dis Fruit Loops. <laughs> Early distillation was done by batches. A substance was poured in the pot, the vapor was collected, and another batch was made. They would take multiple batches of distillate and redistill them to make more concentrated substances. Some chemists are reported to have carried out as many as 500 to 600 distillations in order to get a pure compound. You know, I would like to try that liquor. <laughs> you just die. <laughs> yeah, that's alcohol poisoning is what that's called. Just like a single, get distill it down to where you have like a drop of the purest alcohol. that just hits your tongue and you die. It hits your tongue and you go, white lightning. Then <laughs> <laughs> they fall over. <laughs> The key factor is that stills were not very efficient early on, but became more so as technology progressed. Uh, the column, coffee, or continuous still was one of the most important inventions in modern alcohol production. I was going to say, one of the most important inventions in modern history. Yeah, no, no, I would go, yeah. I would go that far. The various methods and designs emerged, one became the favorite as the coffee still. 
uh, created by Anise Coffee. Is that right? Coffee. I don't know. Uh, and graded uh, a patent in 1830. Coffee couldn't have done it without the failed attempt of Robert Stein a couple of years earlier, or Sir Anthony Perrier before him. But coffee's design was a hit. Uh, Just so- imagine instead of calling it, you know, the coffee still like the Stein still. <laughs> yeah. Stein still. Stein still and drink this. <laughs> <laughs> Since that time, there have been a number of small improvements, but the designs have remained the same. Distillers produce spirits on two main types of stills to this day. The less efficient pot still produces uh, flavorful products with more blending of the various types of chemicals other than alcohol, while column stills produce less flavorful distillate, but they are more efficient. Now let's talk about the science of the two types of stills. Good. Actually, before we get into the science of it, uh, thinking of the history of it, uh, I'm just remembering uh, one of the the, the stilling tours where I was on where they're like, oh, yeah, no, like they would get new stills and they would purposely bang them back up. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure they distilled the same way because... They did the, the the weird contours that the, the their old ones had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would it could affect it. They covered that in that cooking episode about uh, was it the water episode? Yeah. In uh, that cooked show, it was really good on Netflix. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Distillation uses the scientific concept that different <laughs> substances evaporate at different temperatures. In a solution of pure water and pure ethanol, the type of alcohol you drink. When you heat the solution, the alcohol will boil off first, and the water would boil off second. Uh, A pot still is the first still we will talk about. So, it's the most basic type of still used in commercial distilling. It consists of a vessel that is closed at the top by a cap, and then a neck or tubing that runs away from the still. The the substance in the pot is boiled. Uh, The steam collects at the top of the still in the cap, and is pushed into the neck where it travels to the secondary vessel. Sometimes that is a thump keg or a secondary collection vessel, but in its purest for it travels but in its in its purest for it travels directly into a coil of copper tubing that is cooled on the outside by cold water. Um, this condensates the vapor back into a liquid. The idea is that you boil substances at various temperatures. Um, so we're going to get into some pretty deep sciencey stuff here. So just be aware that we are covering the basics. Uh, there are definitely rules and exceptions to this. So please feel free to send in your emails if you would like. But keep in mind, we are talking generalities. Um, one important thing to note is we're talking about everything today um, as if we are distilling at sea level on Earth. <laughs> one atmosphere of pressure. Uh, no, sea level on Mars. <laughs> Um, The reason is substances will boil at room temperature if the pressure is dropped. In the vacuum of space, even though it's freezing, water will boil. Um, There are distilling distilling setups that use vacuum to help separate a compound better, but today we're leaving them out because they aren't as focused on the beverage industry. Um, If you do know of a beverage alcohol producer who does use vacuum distilling, please let us know. (laughs) Um, So... Water boils at 100 degrees Celsius or 212 degrees Fahrenheit. 
We will probably use Celsius for this um, just because of the simplicity of the numbers. So all our non-US listeners can rejoice. <laughs> I don't know how many of those we really have, though. And our measurements don't, don't make any sense. They don't. Um, pure ethanol has a boiling point of around 78 degrees Celsius. Um, term, the term pure ethanol uh, is used here because it's, uh, but it's likely, or it's unlikely, you'll use pure ethanol in distilling beverages. Uh, in fact, the highest percent of alcohol you can get through regular distillation is 95.57%. Uh, that's because of the biggest factor we have to look at in distillation. Azeotropes? Question mark? Um, <laughs> we may be getting ahead of ourselves uh, on this one. Uh, so alcohol can be produced from a variety of substances. Uh, in beer, we create sugar from grains. In wine, it's from grapes or fruit. And with meat, it's from honey. Those base substances are fermented by yeast to produce a concentration of alcohol in a solution of other compounds that ranges from very low to over 30%. The use of distillation will allow us to pull that alcohol out and separate it from everything else. It doesn't matter what we're distilling, the ethanol at the end is the same if it's the only thing you distill out. Um, if uh, It is, however... Not the only thing we get when we distill a wine, beer, or mead. We talked about the temperature of the boiling points of water and alcohol. Um, because they're in a solution together, they change each other to bring the boiling points of each closer to the other. Uh, as the concentration of the solution changes, you have more or less alcohol and more or less water. Also, the temperature that each, sub each substance changes into uh, a gas is fluctuating. Sorry. Uh, a solution of alcohol, alcohol and water will share a boiling point that is somewhere between 78 and 100 degrees Celsius. Uh, they are azeotropes. Um, that means that when you are boiling that solution, you are getting water and alcohol through the whole distillation. Uh, at the beginning of the distillation, you will get more alcohol and at the end, you will get more water. But there is always a mixture. This is the reason we can only distill alcohol to about 95% purity. Uh, when you look... There is, there is a way that you can... And then the terminology is you dry the water out of the alcohol. And Good. so... Get it out of there. Which sounds very confusing. a substance <laughs> that dries the water up. It's a liquid that dries the water. And by doing that, you can actually distill to 100% alcohol, but it's... Very difficult. It makes it poisonous, and it's not used for beverages, really. Oh, oh well. Important it's safety a, it's tip. Very poisonous. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know my <laughs> life. Um. Okay. So, jeez. <clears throat> Been having a lot of bourbon, guys. Sorry. Um. So, uh, at the um. Oh, when you when you first look into distilling, you see that the temperature, that the temperature alcohol boils is seventy eight degrees Celsius. And when you as, look at at people legally distilling stuff, not when you look at doing it yourself. Right. Be very yes. clear. That's yeah. Don't that, make it yourself. This is not a, a hypothetical. Um, Don't send me a mason jar. <laughs> I better not find an assortment of mason jars labeled on the lids. <laughs> they better um, not be delivered to my home. Uh, <laughs> as the temperature rises on the still, you would see nothing coming out um, at around that temperature. Uh, the reason is, uh, in a solution low in concentration of alcohol, the temperature that uh, that distillate first comes off the still will be closer to the temperature water boils, probably around 99 degrees Celsius. Um, 
a 30% alcohol solution will boil around 96 degrees Celsius. Uh, distillation is about knowing when to start and stop uh, the collection of the distillate to get various cuts, various portions of the distillation. Sorry, I'm thinking of cuts of steak. <laughs> oh. Yeah, cuts, you'll make you'll make cuts through every tenth or so, maybe a little bit larger, maybe every fifth, of, or sorry, every twentieth of the the liquor you'll make a cut and this this five percent will be mostly one thing and this next five percent will be mostly one thing and so you you make the cuts and then that way later you know how to blend those back together when distillers make solutions to be distilled they will produce wine or beer that will ferment somewhere around eight to fifteen percent that's just the normal if you get above that um you're going to get some weird flavors that you don't want in your alcohol when it ends up so it's better to ferment it lower with a lower uh, concentration. Um, now that solution has many more compounds than just alcohol and water, however. So when you put it into a still and start the distillation process, you'll find some things coming off before the alcohol even starts coming out. These are called the four shots and they can actually be harmful. The first thing to come off the still is probably methanol. You won't smell it and it looks just like water. It smells sort of like, um, uh, maybe a little bit like alcohol, if anything at all, but it's a very dangerous thing to drink. It's processed... Is this the stuff that makes you blind, or is it the next yep. stuff? So it's processed in the body to make formaldehyde. Oh. And then that gets turned into formic acid that can destroy the optic nerve in the eye oh. and make you go blind. Oh. I probably should have read the next sentence. But <laughs> you know, I was like, all... I'm pretty sure like the first thing that comes off is blind juice. <laughs> blind juice, yes. Wait, you don't yeah, want the blind you... juice. You usually take that first first little bit, the four shots, and you just throw it in the fire and you throw it away because you don't want that. You throw um, it in the fire, which the fire get bigger very quickly. I have yeah. made a mistake. Uh, it can also cause coma and death. Methanol Jeez. is in all beer oh. and even more so actually in wine since it's produced uh, from pectin. That's one of the precursors of methanol. Oh. The reason we don't see these effects when we drink beer or wine, which does contain methanol, is because of alcohol the alcohol and methanol are metabolized in the body by the same system methanol is not all that deadly to us it's only deadly in its metabolized form that that formaldehyde and uh, formic acid the body can tolerate small amounts of methanol so as the body is metabolizing alcohol it's competing for the methanol to be converted also these two things are competing with each other and so you'll get a little bit of methanol metabolized into formaldehyde a little bit of alcohol that's formal, uh, for, uh, metabolized down into its, its components. And so as it's pushing through the system, it's not like you're getting a big rush of formaldehyde. You're just getting it a little bit at a time. Um, therefore, only a little of that methanol is allowed into our bodies. Secondly, when making distilled spirits, the alcohol and the methanol is concentrated. It's very difficult to drink five gallons of beer, and the intoxication itself may kill you first anyways. <laughs> but to drink half a gallon of distilled alcohol is actually much easier, at least half for the first three half minutes. Half a gallon of beer is basically what I do on New Year. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that's you're, you're concentrating all the bad stuff and all the good stuff down into a small amount. Uh, methanol has a bad rap for killing people and making people go blind, but though in most cases of either, the distiller was not using proper technique and discarding the first little bit of the four shots that come off the still, or they were using a methanol-laced product. Jesus. Denatured alcohol has methanol added. Some distillers looking to make a quick buck may add this and try to distill it since it's much cheaper to buy. 
Also, federal government, uh, the U.S. federal government during Prohibition added much more methanol, pyridine, and benzene. Uh, benzene's that drying agent, actually, that lets you make alcohol above uh, 95%. Um, added it to industrial alcohol with the idea that three drinks was enough to cause blindness. Um, they so still drank it. Oh, yeah. They did. Absolutely. Um, and it was they they it was almost a smear campaign against uh, the bootleggers. The bootleggers were putting out pretty decent alcohol, but the federal government come in and said, "Oh no, that stuff's killing you," and and put in some some pretty bad stuff out there. Hmm. Um, after the first five percent or so, which is likely going to be that methanol, you're you're getting rid of more than what's actually there, just to be sure you don't want you want as little and preferably none of that in your in your drink. Um, so after that first 5% or so, you're likely to start smelling some stuff that are coming off. That's going to be the heads. And this stuff isn't dangerous per se, but it doesn't taste great. So the first one, um, these are all components that are going to be lower boiling points. You're going to find acetaldehyde, acetone, and acetate. Jeez, acetone? So, that's like in fingernail polish remover. Yeah, yes. that's right. Acetaldehyde smells like green apples. Acetate smells a bit like fruit. Uh, and acetone, a little sweet. Smells like and acetone. Smells acetone like fingernail polish <laughs> because that's what it is. Yep. Um, I will say, like when we start saying the head, that means the next part is the uh, heart, and then the last part is the crap. What is the third one? Tails. Huh? Tails. I'm trying to remember Head like a three. I'm trying to remember a three sheets episode from uh, back uh, about um, brandy or cognac, and they talk oh, yeah. about about it being distilled wine and that you know if mm-hmm. you, you don't use the head you don't use the tails you just reuse the tails yeah but the heart is what you actually use out of yep and throughout this whole process think of everything here as a mixture of all these components and you've got peaks and valleys so in that first five percent you're going to have a peak of methanol but you'll also have a few other things in there that come out as well um, then you'll have a peak of acetaldehyde acetone and acetate in the heads um, so that peak will go, but then you'll have some water and some alcohol, actually ethanol, that's in that component as well. Then you get your big ethanol peak right there in the middle, and that's the hearts. Um, the heads make up about 20 to 30 percent. The four shots make up about 5 percent. The hearts make up about 30 to 40 um, percent. I hear, I hear hearts, and I'm also just going like, all right, flush. <laughs> Uh, that center portion, the hearts, contains the most pure ethanol and water with very few off flavors from the heads. Um, what you're going to find is as you go through this entire process, it'll start getting sweet. And so the, the hearts are the sweet alcohol flavors. That's where when your bourbon tastes sweet, yes, it picks up a lot of stuff out of the, um, out of the barrel, but it also gets a good head start from the sweetness of alcohol. Those sweet, sweet hearts. Mm. Yep. Um, then as you start getting toward the ends, things will start to dull out a little al- bit. I drink alcohol hearts for their courage. Their rich, <laughs> sweet, tasty courage. <laughs> you'll find that as you get toward the end, you'll you'll find that sweetness dropping out. You'll actually get a little bit of a dull flavor, almost a bitter flavor, and you'll start to smell an aroma that's kind of like a wet dog. That's the tails, and that's when you know that um, you're getting close to the end. So the tails make up the last, last maybe, I don't know, probably 20% of what you're distilling, maybe a little bit more than that, 20 to 30%. And the reason is 
um, you want to continue distilling on the tails is that you're going to get a lot of water and a lot of these weird off flavors, but you'll also get some alcohol in there. And so you'll save those tails back and you'll actually put them into the next run. So you've got an 8% alcohol coming out in your next run, or you get ready to run another 8% alcohol. You'll put those tails back in and that way you can put 5% more alcohol into that at the end of it. So it actually increases, potentially could increase the alcohol of what you're distilling to begin with. Um, like when distilling a 8 to 15% alcohol substance, you would expect to get out of the still about a quarter to a fifth of what you started with. So if you put in five gallons, you may get about one gallon of distilled stuff out. Not all of it's drinkable alcohol, but everything that comes out, you would expect about a fifth. What's left in the, in the back behind is going to be something that's kind of like a slushy, um, all water, really nasty type of substance. Sorry, now now I'm thinking of it's actually just a slushy, an alcoholic <laughs> slushy. Yeah, no, no, well, very little alcohol left behind. You're not going to get all the alcohol out of it because of the azotrope nature of it. But I mean, at um, least five percent still, or point five percent. There you 0. go. 0.05, Yeah. That's so you'll get you'll little. get some left behind. I've um, been drinking. Math is. <laughs> It's fuzzy. So the alcohol you get out, say you're doing five gallons of that 10% alcohol solution, you'll get about a gallon of some 30% alcohol or somewhere around there um, to make it more concentrated. So we know that liquor in general needs to be above 40% before it can be really bottled and, and sold as a bourbon or something along those lines. It needs to be higher percent ABV. So to concentrate, you put it back into the still or into a still and do a second distillation. Some bourbon distillers will actually use like two or three different pot stills in order to get this done. Um, the higher concentration in ABV means that you will actually get better separation between the different stages of distillation. So the hearts will be higher ABV, more water will stay in the pot still, and you'll actually find that those, uh, the acid aldehyde, acetone, and acetate will separate a little bit cleaner from the actual alcohol. So you'll get a higher peak of alcohol in the middle and um, and it'll come up a little bit more evenly. What is it I'm thinking of that that like um, uh, uh, markets how many times it's been distilled? Um, there is what is there's a bunch of vodkas that do. Oh, like, you're like, thinking oh. you're actually thinking Smirnoff. It's triple distilled. Triple oh. distilled. I'm thinking of Smirnoff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I, was like, I was like, like, I don't know. Maybe it's like because it's three times. He's like Smirnoff. I am thinking of Smirnoff because it's their that is their marketing thing. So Weird. Smirnoff actually uses a column still, which is kind of funny. You, you bring this up, and during my research into this episode, this is at the point where I was actually looking at Smirnoff and the column still. So the difference is it doesn't matter if they, they've distilled it tr three times. It because... doesn't matter if you distill <laughs> Because they use a column still. The column still changes the way distillation happens. So instead of having to distill multiple times in the same solution, the column still distills the solution multiple times all at once. Hmm. Uh, the general design of a column still is that it's a tall column, has uh, steam that rises from the bottom, and the wash or the beer or the wine that comes down from the top. And so those two things will meet as they, they go up and down. The column has many plates inside of it that allows the steam to rise and the beer to fall. And when they meet, the steam will actually heat the beer solution. So the column still acts like multiple pot stills in one. It allows that vapor, which has a low boiling point, to turn to steam and rise to the top. And at the, the compounds with the higher boiling point will fall lower and lower in the still. This means that 
at the top of the stool, you'll find the most pure alcohol that you can actually get and nothing else. Coming out of the pot still, you would, uh, coming out of a, uh, out of a column still, you'll get 95% alcohol right out of the top. So there's no reason really to, to multiply, multiply your distillations after if you've got a really good column still. If you, you don't have a good column still, you may need to do it multiple times, but they should have a good one. Um, this uh, column still should be uh, producing flavorless liquor. Um, single malt scotches can only be made in, sorry, single malt scotch can only be made in a pot still, while single grain scotch can be made in a column still. Mm. Vodka is a specific spirit where column stills are very efficient and useful. Um, the reason that you use the pot still is because you get more flavor because there's more things collected in that. Mm. In the column still, you, when you're doing a single grain scotch, all you want is alcohol. And so you're getting just alcohol in the column. Makes sense. Okay. Home distillation law. So home distillation of beverage alcohol in the U.S. is illegal. Doesn't matter what your cousin said about having just enough for personal use or if you pay taxes on it, it's okay. U.S. federal law prohibits home distillation of alcohol for beverage purposes. The exception to this rule is with fuel alcohol. If you apply for and receive a permit, you can distill your own alcohol for fuel purposes if you use it for your own car and for your own uh, farm equipment, but you are not allowed to drink it. Additionally, in the U.S., some states actually prohibit the actual ownership of a still, even if you were going to use it to distill water, rose water, essential oils, etc. Um, across the world, there are very few, very, very few countries that allow home distillation. One nation that actually does allow it is New Zealand. To, Ze to New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, I've most all, of the. I need a good excuse to go to New Zealand. There's a lot of things I'd like to do there. <laughs> most of your um, good home distillation forms come from New Zealand, because huh. they have no problem talking about it openly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. They. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. The distillation is very important to us because it gives us spirits, which are. Just the best. <laughs> They're just um, tasty. But yeah, like the I don't know, we the 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 I guess the number of barriers, I guess, to make it in your home. I understand because moonshine will make you blind. Turns out, yeah. If you don't throw that first bit off. If you don't throw that first bit off. But you know, some people are like, Oh no, mine's got an extra little kick. Oh, what does it do? makes you blind yeah um, i'm good well, that's the I'm good pure alcohol doesn't really have a huge kick to it so whenever one of the coolest things whenever i first started researching this was you can kind of see how each of these distillers you can taste their drink and you know okay that's that that extra little bit of kick there at the beginning they've added a little bit more of the heads into that you can tell it it's got more bite to it and so you can see, oh, you've got a little bit more heads or a little bit of that sweetness comes through and you know they've got a lot of hearts in there. Or even if it's a little bit less sweet and a little bit more kind of, I don't want to say dank, but a little bit more maybe musty sort of flavor, um, you know that it's probably got a little bit more of the tails, tails in it. Because you're getting what's, you're mm -hmm. getting, not to sound negative, but, you know, the dregs. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which and, can be good and what you're good looking for is there, there's a balance between throwing out what you don't want and getting all the alcohol you can. And so some of the lower cost producers will take more from here and produce more uh, flavorful, but not flavorful in a good way, alcohol, while others will take just the center portions of it. 
you know, I'm, I, I was on Widow Jane earlier, and I'm pretty sure they are taking just the middle, just the hearts and nothing else, because there's not a whole lot of bite, not a whole lot of kick to it, even at 45.5%. Meanwhile, so, I feel like Evan Williams probably has a little bit of the head in there. Yeah, yeah, because it, mm. it gives you a little bit more of that burning sensation. Yeah. So I, cool. I do wonder if, uh, like, it's going to be an episode for later, but Moonshiners... I feel like needs to be its own. Oh yeah, we definitely have to do. Yeah, one. yeah, we're setting that up to be its own thing. Yeah, because I'm just I'm thinking about that as we're growing on. I'm like, yeah, and also like, our particular region <laughs> lionizes them, I guess, to an extent. Like we all can like, I mean, they're doing they're they're not working within the confines of the law, but God bless them, they're doing <laughs> they're doing something. They're doing the Lord's work. That's what they're doing. No, it's They're uh, too dangerous. We're gonna die. Work. But. Yeah, but it it always strikes me. So, how are people expected to legally get in to distillation? Yeah. How classes, is it expected? Like, you do see a lot of chemists. A lot of them come through, like, with chemistry. But it's it should. I mean, yeah. you know, a hundred percent for a fact, they did illegal distillation coming through. They did experimentation. Before they became a distiller at, you know... Maybe in a college environment, there was a lot of... I mean, so, uh, there's a lot of... Um, and... We, we talked we talked in our new, news episode that... Uh, um, uh, 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 I've already forgotten his name. Something with a P. Pierce Lines. Pierce oh, Lines. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was really about to butcher that. Uh, Pierce Lions uh, opened up a, a distilling school. So, like, yeah. they have now There are schools, yeah. And well, there's the brewery programs to, to, and to yeah. study this, yeah. but it's so you do, do you... know that they've got to be doing something on their own. Like, I mean, look, it's after hours. I got to experiment. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the big secret in the homebrew world and the 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 circle is you've got folks that that do it and don't say anything about it, but they've just got their own little still somewhere back in in a shed, and you know they don't make a whole lot of trouble. But yeah, <laughs> really, Casey, all homebrewers do this. Oh, no, no, no. It's just big in the it's big in the homebrew circle to find those folks that get into homebrew. And then they want that new harder drug and that that ride that white dragon one more time. <laughs> the, white dragon. the white dragon, the white lightning new drug. <laughs> one that's going to get me arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, As he moves the, uh, the, the law around it. Um, I don't foresee them changing the home distillation laws anytime soon in, no. in nope. the U.S., mainly because it's a safety issue. Right. Um, they don't want people blowing up their neighbors. And yeah, so, that's a, definitely a problem. That's <laughs> open flame and alcohol vapor make make some fun friends. Look, we're just getting homebrew laws loosened up a little bit. Let's just yeah. stay focused on yeah. that and not get hit of ourselves. Which, Nothing there is going to kill you, but you could definitely have a, a couple different ways that but, distilled beverages could kill you. I'm just saying, but mm -hmm. if you're home brewing, you're basically almost there. You're almost there. Half and but not you quite. Could... Not that you should do it. No, I'm no, just no. saying that the process is like, you know, you do that and then plus one. Plus one, <laughs> yeah. Um, there are countertop water, quote unquote, distillers. Yeah, which you could take beers that you, you could go and buy Corona and pop them into this thing and make your own uh, distilled beverages on the countertop. But 
Kentucky doesn't allow any stills at all. So I didn't think about the um, the essential oils thing because mm-hmm. like how. <laughs> Sorry, here are essential oils. I'm just thinking of like lotion. Well, well yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah, uh, like uh, you know, like um, I don't know, like a common one would be lavender, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. So you, I guess that makes sense as to like you you really have to just buy those commercially. Then I guess you can't. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to think about. Yeah, it is kind of like part the, the, of the the, those laws thing. affect that as well. You know. Yeah. So. Um, in the state of Kentucky, at least. And so you can't have a still for anything. I don't know about any other states in the U.S., mm. but you may be able to go over to Ohio and have a still that you could distill your own oils. Um, the weird thing, well, I mean, the way you make essential oils is basically you would put in a little bit of water and whole lavender plants and then run your still. And what comes off is this this aroma and, and oil compound. Hmm. And that's the essential oil component of it. It's It's... You do the same thing with uh, rose petals to get rose, rose water, which yeah. is a flavorant in a lot of Middle Eastern cuisines. Um, mm-hmm. and, it's in a lot of cosmetics, so... too. Sorry, now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't baklava. take much for the show, you know? <laughs> Just... Ooh, baklava. There's never a time when I don't want baklava. All, All right. right on that note. <laughs> <laughs> on baklava. Speaking of uh... what we're ingesting right now. I don't know. <laughs> uh Drink with me, friend. We really need a different sound for non-carbonated beverages. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, okay, the sound maybe, but the drink with me, friends, is always good. Yeah, that's yes. always a, a keeper. Um, Someone's so, having something that is triple uh, distilled, I believe. Oh, is someone's it? having some spirit off. No. No, God. Uh, <laughs> uh no, I so I already finished it, and I've totally I I swear I've had it on the show before because I th- yeah. it's my go-to bourbon, <laughs> um, but I'm having Woodford Reserves uh, double oaked. Uh, real, real quick question before we move on. Yeah, are we all drinking bourbon? No. Okay. It, we're all drinking uh, spirits, though. It's it's fine. I just wasn't sure if we were drinking bourbon or if we were drinking. Yeah. No, he, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Um. But no, so this is it's just my go-to bourbon. Um, I had a weird week. I decided <laughs> to make brownies tonight. And I was like, you know what goes with brownies? Bur- bourbon. Bourbon, uh, <laughs> bourbon whiskey. They both start with B. It's alliterative. That yeah. means it's belongs Obviously. To. I don't know what I was... Th- so anyway, I was like, well, I'll grab my dessert bourbon, which is the Woodford Double Oaked. <laughs> which, no joke, though, like, especially near the end, um, like, because it's like just the perfect sipping bourbon but just like rich butterscotch flavors in this bourbon at um, near the end of the gl- glass um it's just really good i love it um i i, I would say I, I rate it on my mm, top three bourbons so mm, it's a nice one yeah bob all right well I, i'm also drinking one of my favorite bourbons uh, i alluded to it earlier if you have listened to one of our previous shows you you know that uh I found this thing on sale and went, hails, yes. Uh, I'm drinking bourbon. I'm drinking uh, Basil Hayden's mm. uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Nice. Uh, spelled with an E, which I, I really want to do some research one time about whether it denotes whether they come from an Irish heritage or a, a Scottish heritage or whether they just decide to change the look. <laughs> you know how they want to spell it. Yeah, I feel it's more the latter, but I would, yeah. I, I would 
hope that it's actually the former. I would think it's um, the Irish thing, but yeah. Anyway, uh, this is uh, it's, it's a bourbon. Uh, it's <laughs> a bourbon. Uh, at around that's not the right bottle of bourbon near me, which <laughs> is really a distressing state of affairs. <laughs> is it? Um, no, it's not distressing, but it's probably uh, not safe. Uh, it's a uh, 40% alcohol, 80 proof. Uh, uh, I went ahead and pulled up their site so I can read their their description. Uh, they they have a whole lot to describe this. Like it's, it's kind of up its own <laughs> rear end. Uh, <laughs> Some of them but, tend to be. Yeah, but and their it's packaging like to preserve the to subtle be. sophistication of uh, what that makes it so shareable. Basin Hayden is aged to perfection, and it's novel, spicy, sweet flavor profile. Uh, and they have a little thing like uh, aroma. Spice, tea, hint of peppermint, taste, spicy, light-bodied, gentle bite, finish, dry, clean, brief. <laughs> brief. Brief. Um, it makes me think of no, that wine it, episode of, uh, of the, uh, the Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I do really enjoy it. Uh, it's got um, a bit more of a um, vanilla uh, flavor, I think than some other uh, it's more noticeable i think than some other bourbons are uh, that uh, at least on the nose and a bit of the flavor but it is it is really nice uh you can notice it pretty easily because it essentially i don't actually know what that's on the cover but i call it the duct tape cover <laughs> okay the duct tape cover. like you gotta show it now this is the bottle yeah oh like it's Yep. I call it the duct tape. Cover. It does look it's like duct tape. Very ugly. Yeah. Uh, now the actual bottle itself, very beautiful, but the top is where you just get to this like, it's like foil or something, I guess, but it looks like it, duct tape. It definitely does. The bottles uh, wear those little aprons. I don't know. I think they're weird. It does look weird. It looks like a toga. Like it. Yeah. Like it's wearing a toga. It does. It does. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't. It's not a very it's not a super old bourbon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we can talk about that some other day. <laughs> Another day. Uh, all right, so I am the odd man out not drinking a bourbon. <laughs> I am drinking a hot rum. From... Oh, okay. I was I was like betting he might still be in, uh, <laughs> be in whiskey territory. Nope. Uh, I am having a hot rum from DeLatter's Brewing Company. <laughs> oh, no. You can't say that. That's not legal. From the Ladders Brewing Company, they've started from them. Blending spirits. Yes, blending. And blending. it is That's extremely hot, um, and is causing wicked heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Oh man, <laughs> wicked heartburn, the Justin Fraser story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'll go ahead and say the tagline for this rum is, "It'll get you drunk." <laughs> It's buttery. I, I there's no season I don't want a hot buttered rum now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to I want to revisit me. all those winter drinks oh. just because. <laughs> that was delicious. It was. All right, Casey, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm having the Knob Creek Single Barrel Reserve 120 proof. This one's a store pick, uh, barrel number 5575. Hmm. 
Um, this one was actually aged 13 years instead of the uh, the normal nine that they uh, normally do. So this is from um, one of our local liquor stores here. They did a barrel pick. Some guy named Icebreaker. It usually says the store name. I don't know who Icebreaker is, but I just typed on their Facebook page. Who's Icebreaker? To try <laughs> to figure this one out. Um, but yeah, so it is 121 probably proof actually it's not the 120 that says on the label i don't think um it is hot but it's also got a lot of really good barrel character in there some sweetness some um i'm getting a lot of like that oaky chocolate kind of mix which is kind of cool i like that side of it some leather um in there as well so really nice bourbon and um come to kentucky if you want to buy a bottle They've got plenty. I, you know, I never think about Knob Creek. I don't know why. It's not a bad bourbon by any means, but it's just never in my head when I'm thinking about like something to get or, or no, to try. No, me neither. Yeah, they uh, they they seem like a lower mid tier bourbon, and so if I'm if I'm wanting something, I don't want them. By the way, I think I may have found your uh, your your icebreaker. I'm gonna put it in the in the chat. Uh, in our in our hangout, the image. Okay, I'm afraid. I'm very afraid. What am I clicking on? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, maybe. 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 So. Um, I was almost waiting for a picture uh, of me. Oh, I, so, I don't get to think. Is the Knob Creek Single Barrel Reserve only sold? Is it only being sold in Kentucky? I don't think so. I think it's okay. so. It's one of these that you go and the store can go in. Uh, so it's I know it's a, the, the barrel picks, but I know that uh, Knob Creek has been pushing uh, the reserve hmm. recently, the single barrel reserve. Like yeah. that has been a big push from them. And then you had even the thing from Bourbon County. And yeah. I didn't know Actually, if that was kind of a tie in as the it's only available in Kentucky. Wow. Well, huh. I actually went in and. Um, intentionally was going into the store to buy the, the Knob Creek 120 proof. That was my, my go-to. That was where I was wanting to get. Um, and then I looked over and they had a store pick of it and I was like, Oh, well, this is nice. <laughs> so the, the Knob Creek 25th anniversary limited edition is almost identical to this one. It's a thir- 12 to 13 year old single barrel barrel proof. So same, same exact everything. It's just their special picks for the 25th anniversary. That one goes for $130 a bottle, and I bought this one for $44. So oh, well, well it may done. not be yeah. the best of the barrels, but it's definitely, you know, probably maybe not as nuanced, but it's definitely in there somewhere. So I was pretty happy with 120 proof bourbon at, at 13 years old for 45 bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. a steal. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. It tastes delicious, so I would highly recommend the 120 if it's anything like this. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, the follow, dude. 23. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't Hello. expecting to see that image. I <laughs> just looked up and was like, oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, so very sciencey today. Uh, we learned a lot about distillation. Lot lot of stuff going on with that. A lot of stuff. There's um, more alchemy in this than I was expecting. Yeah, and we're gonna, and I'm sure we'll delve a little bit more into. Uh, I don't know, the grayer parts of distillation when we get into the moonshine episode at some point. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes, too. Uh, and, you know, any other episode like this where we have an excuse to drink bourbon, 
is a good thing. <laughs> we have an dr- excuse to drink, well, you know, any kind of unusual any, spirit. Yeah, any any distilled beverage. You know, it's any, just that we, we tend to gravitate toward bourbon. It's whatever. Lighter fluid, I mean, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> It'll get you drunk. It will. Make right. you some cake out of that rum, Chris. I already made that uh, suggestion to Brittany. I was like, uh, you need Actually, rum cake. I, mean, I found you, a new recipe. You ha- no, I need the old recipe with that rum. No, no, I you found a new recipe. To it. I, I need, if anything, I need more rum. I found a I new the... cake recipe. It's a Guinness cake. <laughs> oh, no. Also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, uh, I, think that, do I think that does it for this one, yeah. So you can visit haveadrinkshow.com for useful links about us and some info there as well also look for have a drink show on social media twitch.tv every saturday night don't forget you can tell us your favorite drink ask a question or just leave some general feedback you can use the email address uh, email address feedback at have a drink show.com they'll use the feedback page on the website you can use twitter facebook instagram i guess too yep. uh, yeah. if you're in our discord we we love episode suggestions there too mm-hmm Yep, uh, all joking and fun aside, uh, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and don't get caught by the revenuers. <laughs> They're on to us. <laughs> Run, Marty! <laughs> all right, uh, check us out next Saturday, St. Patrick's Day, 9 p.m. Eastern Time here at Twitch. Guaranteed uh, to be plastered. Yes. God, I, I feel the urge to perform, and it's going to end badly. Please don't. Let's all, again, drink responsibly. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and also remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We shall see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, show. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>